Genesis chapter 22, beginning in verse number 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkeys while I and the boy go over there. We will worship. And then we will come back to you. Verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and said, there is, Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide, which means Jehovah Jireh. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this, And have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And we conclude with verse 19. Then Abraham returned to his servants and they set off together for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. God, we pray today that you will anoint your servant. Thank you for the word of God. We give you glory. Give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of this message is The Test of All Tests. The Test of All Tests. There is no greater task that Abraham could have faced in the command given by God for him to sacrifice his son, His only son, Isaac. Many people complain about what they have to give up. But how quickly would we be, how quickly would we be to obey God 
with such a request if he called us to sacrifice our only one? It is said that Genesis 22 and Exodus 12 are the two most powerful chapters in the Old Testament paralleling the crucifixion of Christ. What Abraham was asked to do as a father was the hardest thing that he had to do as a test required by the Almighty God. Anyone who tells you that living as a Christian is a cop-out has not lived as a Christian. For a father to go from extreme joy to the birth of his son to a devastating, suffocating despair at the request by God to sacrifice his son is something that no one could ever go through and be okay with. Take your son and sacrifice him as a burnt offering to me. What caused the most and the most significant grief in Abraham's life. Unless people understand God, let me say this. God never requires child sacrifice. It was a test that God was sending Abraham through. See, how much do you love me? We clearly need to understand that the perfect sacrifice was required to purchase our salvation. And that could only be done by the Lord Jesus Christ. The only point that we'll be dealing with today, point one, is, is your best off limits to God? Is your best off limits to God? Sometime later, the Bible says God tested Abraham. And in, and in some of your Bibles, the, you may have the word tempted. The best translation is the Lord tested him. When God called Abraham, the first thing that we notice is that Abraham answered God. He didn't get a busy signal. God is getting too many business busy signals from his people today. Lord, I'm just tied up today. I just can't meet with you. Got too many things to do. You and I cannot have communion. But we notice that Abraham, he said, here I am. When he says, here I am, to me, that is suggesting, suggesting not only am I hearing you, but I am also willing to do whatever you have for me to do. You see, there are a lot of people saying, God, I hear you, but I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I hope you're not one of those persons, one of those individuals that say, I hear you, but I really can't hear you. There was an occasion one day when my wife called my daughter. My wife is in Stockton. She normally goes, does each year visiting her dad. There was one day my, my, my daughter was, was young, was, was downstairs, and my wife called her. I was in a position near the dining room that I saw my daughter jump up and run up the stairs as if she didn't hear her. I'm watching this. And I called her, hey, what you doing? When your mama call you, you better answer. Now, she got the message that when you are called, it is not for you to remain silent. It is for you to answer the call. Abraham answered the call even though he did not know what was going to be required of him. You will notice that in Scripture during the time that God would come and speak to people, 
He would call them by name. Some people don't want to hear God calling them figuratively. Now, if you say that you're hearing God audibly, I've got a concern. If you are verbally hearing God speaking to you, you and I have to have a real serious talk. Now, I'm not saying that he can't, but I'm saying I would have a concern if you are hearing God, especially if you're not in the Word of God. Now, I know that God speaks to our spirit. I know that God speaks, speaks, speaks to us. I've heard the Lord speak to my spirit. I've heard him. I hear him. And there's sometimes I'm saying, God, is that you speaking? Don't always know. Lord, is, is that you? There's some people always getting a word from the Lord. Always. Ah, no. Nah, no. Nah. That's what you want to hear. You're hearing something that ain't the Lord. <laughs> we note that he answered him. And then the Lord says to him that Abraham, in verse number 3, this is what I want you to do. Or excuse me. In 2, he says, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, and I want you to sacrifice him there. Now, it was interesting because Abraham had another son named Ishmael that was at least 14 years older than Isaac. So when the Lord said, take your son, your only son, he says, wait a minute. How could he say your only son when he has another son? Because Isaac is the son of promise. It was the Lord who says, Abraham, it was through Sarah. It's going to be I, Abraham and Sarah that is going to have a son. So when the Lord said, take your son, your only son, I find that to be interesting. Because it clearly points to what the Lord says about his own son, Jesus Christ. Take your son, and he emphasizes it in chapter 22, three separate times. Take your son, your only son, and I want you to take him and sacrifice him. I have to imagine that those words of God penetrated Abraham's heart like a knife. But I know, I want you to note something. Abraham did not hesitate to go. The very next day, the Bible says that he got up early in the morning and he saddled the donkey, took two of his servants and his son, Isaac. If we, allow, if we are allowed too much time between what God has told us to do and the task, we won't do it. If there is too much time when God has called us to do something and we procrastinate, our minds will begin to rationalize. You know, God said it, but I don't think God clearly knows everything that's happening right now because I'm just beginning to wonder, is this the best thing for me to do? The best thing that we have to remember to do is that when God speaks, it is best to act quickly when you know that he's told you to do something. Time sometimes, or at times, can be something that hinders us from doing God's will. For Abraham, he, he moved promptly. He doesn't hesitate. Why the cutting of the wood? Because 
if we're going to be able to carry out what God says, you need to have things that require you to be obedient. You know, when there's something that we really don't want to do, we won't prepare for it. We won't take the things that we need. Abraham was told, I want you to take your son and sacrifice. What would that require? It would require the wood. It would require the fire. It would require the knife. What, what a father day request. What? What a request to come to take your child whom you love. He loved Ishmael, but Ishmael had already been sent away because of the conflict. And so you have to imagine that Abraham must have been doting all type of love on his son Isaac in his old age, at 100 years of age, and, 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 and have to now sacrifice him. From extreme joy to suffocating despair. But we find Abraham quickly obeying God. It says in verse number 4, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Now I want you to note something. God told Abraham, I want you to go to the place that I'm going to tell you. It is believed that Moriah is right next to Jerusalem. It was, one, it was an area, and in this area was a range of mountains. And here is Count Moriah. There's only one other place that you see the name Moriah, and it's in Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1. And it's called Mount Moriah. And it is at this place that Solomon built the temple. It is believed that it's at this place twice, here and in Second Chronicles. Isn't it interesting that God says, I'm going to show you. Now, because I don't have all the time to, to go through all of the aspects, let me just say this and, 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 and point you to a few things. When we look at the fact that it was three days, I like what John Butler says, that in Abraham's mind, Isaac was dead. In Abraham's mind, when the Lord said, Abraham, I want you to take your son and sacrifice him. When he set out on his journey, it was three days that he came to this mountain. He experienced, you have to imagine, the thinking of death during that time. We have to think about Christ. What's the analogy? We think about Christ was dead three days in the tomb. Abraham is thinking of death, and on the third day, the Lord says, that's the mountain. It is very interesting that the mountain of Moriah, it is believed that it is the very place where Christ may have been crucified. You see, God has a way of doing things in symbols. You think about in Exodus when the Lord talked about the Passover, all of those things were pointing to Jesus. And so the Lord says, take your son Isaac. So he takes the wood and cuts the wood. I'm supposed to leave my notes because I just got to get through this. Takes the wood, places it on the donkey. See, the donkey wasn't used for Abraham and Isaac to walk, to, to ride on. It was going to be used for the sacrifice. 
He would carry, the donkey would carry the wood. Which was representing the cross that Christ was going to bear and be put upon. The knife and the wood, the fire, the knife and the fire represents the judgment of God. He takes two servants along with him. You see, some people think that Isaac was a young little kid. But the word lad can be from a young child up to a grown man. It is believed that Isaac wasn't a little boy. He was grown. Wasn't a little boy. Well, how do we, where do we get this from? One is, you see, if he's going to have to bear that wood, it would be too much for a little boy. It was going to be placed upon him. It had to be enough wood for the sacrifice. It is believed, according to history, that, that, that Isaac represents the fact that he could have overcome his father, but he willingly was willing to go along. Father, I, I, I see the wood. I see the fire. But where's the, where's the lamb for the sacrifice? It suggests to us that Abraham taught his son about the Lord. He knew about sacrifice. He knew what it meant to serve. Fathers have a responsibility to bring their children to serve the Lord. Today, many children, many sons are in the streets, are in prison, are doing many other things. But all if fathers would, would, would just learn and would take the time to bring their sons to church, I believe the outcome would be different today than what we see. We look up and in the distance he sees the mountain. Mount Moriah. It's, it's, said, it's, it's said Mount Moriah in Second Chronicles 3.1. And then he tells the servants, you wait here, stay here. Why? With the donkey. And and second, I think he said stay here because they would have tried to stop him if they knew what he was going to have to do. Stay here. This is only between father and son. It is suggested that the darkness that was experienced on the cross kept people from seeing all that may have been happening with Christ and, and with the Father. When we think about all the types and the shadows and the analogies of what God was doing, do we not know that God loves us so much that he, he went through all of these things pointing to one day it was going to be the one sacrificed Christ. He gets up to the mountain and the Bible says that he lays his son on the wood. It is clear that Isaac could have resisted and said, no, I'm not doing it. You don't even hear him questioning his father. And Abraham, when he is asked, Father, where's the sacrifice? The Lord will provide. Do you not know that some of you are going through something right now? And you don't think that God is able to provide. You think you're in the worst situation possible. 
But Abraham said, God will provide. Now, it suggests to me something very interesting. He didn't know about the resurrection at this time, Abraham. But he believed that God would be able to raise his son from the dead because he believed that God says, Abraham, it is through your seed, through Isaac, I'm going to bless you and you will be, you're going to multiply. Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. He believed what God said. Your problems don't define who God is. Your problems tells you what's on the inside of you. And do you really trust God? I was just, just recently, and, and my heart was, oh. I'm not going to share what it was. But God will push us and test us in the areas where we need to grow. Your trial may not be just like somebody else's. We sometimes won't thank God for what we have. And yet, God has blessed us and we're still getting along. If we were to stop and look at, let me take a look at all my blessings and what God is doing. We were to outline them and let me look at my problems and all that I'm going through. Here's Abraham about to have to take the life of his son. And he's obedient to what God said. Quickly, let me move on, before, move on before I close. When they got to the place, and Isaac is on the wood of the pack, it's arranged in such a way that he is placed on that altar. We have to remember and think about this. Christ willingly came to this earth. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You find even in Hebrews that talks about God's only Son, I believe in chapter 11. When we think that how, how Isaac didn't resist, And he was about to be sacrificed. And the Lord allowed Abraham to even raise the knife. And before coming down, the angel of the Lord, the Lord himself, called Abraham twice. You got to imagine that Abraham immediately, he stopped right there. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. Don't harm the boy. Because I now know that you love me more than anything. Now, you can't tell me that Abraham told his wife Sarah what he was about to go do. Abraham said to the thieves, to the two that were there, stay here, we will return. It's interesting that in some commentaries, believe that the thieves, or the two, the two servants might represent the thieves. You have two servants, and, uh, you know, I won't go into that, but, but it's like, wow, you have two servants. You have, the, you have the, the scene of the cross there. You have Abraham. Then and then, 
When the Lord said, don't harm the boy, you find that there's a ram with its horns caught in the thicket. Or the ram caught. Now I'm going to tell you this. If he went to the a wrong mountain, if he went to a different place, he would not have been in the place where God told him to be. Some of us have gone to places where the Lord has not told you to be, and you're looking for your blessings, and you, they're not there. He went to the wrong mountain, the ram wouldn't, been, it wouldn't have been there. He had to be at the place where the Lord said to be. Let me also say this. It is believed that Isaac may have been close to the same age as Christ. One of the individuals, they believe that the analogy is that he might have been even close to the age of Jesus. Don't know, but, but when you think about all of the similarities, and then the ram was sacrificed, and then the Lord called from heaven a second time, and says, Abraham, man, I'm going to bless you. Do you not know, as I've been telling you, I've been preaching obedience, obedience, obedience a long time. I'm going to continue to. Because that's your victory. Some of us have to remember that it's obedience to the word of God. That's where your joy is. That's where your deliverance, that's where your victory is in. Your victory is in obeying the Lord God Almighty. Because of the time, I can't impact more. We have to bring this to a conclusion. But let me say this. Is there anything that you would not give up for the Lord? Is there anything that you are holding? Fear? Anger? Sorrow? Wanting to get even? Whatever it might be, give it to God. God is able to take that which we give to him, and he knows just what to do with it, better than you do. You've got to learn how to trust God with that which is dearest to your heart. Abraham did, and the Lord blessed him abundantly. Bow your heads. We're going to pray and have the women come up and conclude. Lord, we pray today that hearts have been impacted, that we will remember and consider that really everything belongs to you. We are simply stewards, even of our children. We have a responsibility to give them back to you. And we will be held in account or to give account one day for what we've done. So help us to repent. Say, Lord, I, yeah, there's things I've blown it. Yeah, I blew it. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God that we can get it right. But we are praying today that you all help us to take to heart all that you are doing and who you are. Thank you for being the perfect sacrifice. Thank you for taking our place on that altar. Thank you, Lord, for coming to take our place. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen.